0: Welcome to another edition of Bite Marsh Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum,
1: And I'm Ryan Ozawa and we've got a full lineup today. First, we're going to hear from Lane Kohama from Giga Island to tell us about the upcoming ShakaCon,
0: And then we will talk to your front desk and Tripody, two companies in the latest Blue Startups cohort, about the startup experience,
1: but first of all, we want to welcome Wayne Kohama from Giga Island to tell us about the upcoming cybersecurity conference
2: called ShakaCon. Welcome to the show! Thank you, thank you, Ryan, thank you, Bert. <laughs> so wonderful is not to be here. It's ShakaCon, it's Shaka. Yeah, it's Shaka, not Khan. The singer. So,
0: so tell us a little bit before you get into the whole ShakaCon, oh, Shaka-Con <laughs> <laughs> event. What is Giga Island? Uh, Giga Island is a local computer company, mm-hmm. been around for 14
2: years. Uh, helping was it 14 years already? 14, I know, wow. it time just flew by. And, you know, we help people with cybersecurity, you know, their computer networking, home networking, and all the good stuff. Treating people with compassion, integrity, and Ohana.
0: Oh, that's a good tagline. I, like I like it.
2: And ShakaCon is not a new thing, too. It's also, this is your ninth conference? Yeah, it's been around since 2007, mm-hmm. so we're it's, you know, such a blessing to have it here in Hawaii.
0: So every year you have this uh, conference, and <clears throat> give us a sense as to what kinds of topics you cover. That's a
2: great question, Bert, and, you know, a couple of the topics that are interesting this year, I feel, like for training, mm-hmm. are going to be, hey, would you like to pwn, which is break in or own a Mac computer running Sierra? I thought that was mm. fun. Uh, do Macs get malware? Uh, that's a great topic. But you know, instead of beating up on the Mac, what about uh, <laughs> <laughs> end up picking on the Mac, right? What about like pwned in trans pwned in translation from subtitles? So th- what that means is, if you have folks watching Korean dramas, I know some of my clients mm-hmm, do. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And then with the subtitles, they can something can come in through the subtitles to infect and maybe take over your computer. Now, that's a delivery mechanism I had not heard of before. I know. Me neither. (laughs) That's fascinating. So, what you said,
1: training. So, I guess training is one part of it. Pwn to own is a common contest in cybersecurity contests, which basically, if you can break into this computer, you get it. So, I hear Mm -hmm. contests. I hear training. What else is part of the overall vision of Shaka Khan?
2: Oh, that's a great question, too. You know, the overall vision, I feel, with Shaka Khan, the purpose is, you know, Hawaii is all about Ohana, Mm -hmm. right, family and one of the main purposes of Shaka Khan is to strengthen our cybersecurity community here in Hawaii. You know, make us all stronger together. You know, for our businesses, uh, you know, for our families, for our kapuna, for everybody. So it's just bringing everyone here together, and with the global community coming down and teaching us, you know, all the new cybersecurity stuff. Well, now, you know, is, there oh, there, there has
0: been a. <clears throat> a well, it's a growing interest, and we have seen courses uh, on the part of, and not only courses, but uh, you know, events like cyber, um, Gen Cyber. Uh, there's another oh, yeah. one called Cyber Patriots, yeah. and the folks over at the you know um, the Honolulu Community College and P-Cat. University of Hawaii and mm-hmm. PCAT, I mean, they're all really encouraging a lot of students to get into this field of cybersecurity, and and of course, uh, you know, this Shaka Khan has been around through that entire period, so I think there's a good sort of matching up of this conference as well as interest on the part of, you know, creating cybersecurity professionals.
2: That's right, you know, and, you know, trying to strengthen, you know, also, our base here in Hawaii, you know, strengthening our folks coming out, you know, and trying to be cybersecurity experts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Now, what is the connection between Shaka Khan and the local uh, corporate security organizations? I used to be an information security officer for a bank. We would have monthly luncheons and we'd be talking about, well, basically securing systems that are used at very large uh, enterprises is that part of this or are we
2: really or is the focus more on you know uh, open source and the vulnerabilities thereof oh i think a little bit of both you know uh, giving more awareness uh for the corporate side but also the open source stuff you know mm-hmm. there's going to be a class on raspberry uh, r- uh raspberry pi mm-hmm. and how to use that to you know make sure your networks are safe so open source absolutely mm-hmm. yeah
0: now over the course of the you know nine years that you've been doing this uh has uh the the attendance grown is it uh, what kind of a cross section are you looking for in terms of attend- attendees great question
2: so yeah the attendees has definitely grown from 2007 you know jason and ernie they had it at the pagoda Right. And from oh, the nice pagoda, been, it's yeah. great. You know, now we move to the Hawaii Prince Hotel with hundreds of people instead of just, you know, under a 100. Uh-huh, back then. Uh-huh. Now, one of the things you mentioned, though, is that it's not obviously a local conference. You
1: bring in subject matter experts that are leaders in the field across the country. In fact, internationally, Um, who are some of the names uh, I would imagine if you're a cybersecurity geek that you might look forward to seeing or hearing from at yeah. ShakaCon?
2: That's a great question on the names. I don't remember some of the names, but I can tell you right now that, you know, the same experts that we got that you guys mentioned, they do... teach and they do speak at black hat for example right and right. black hat is the is the preeminent national yes. or even international conference for cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. yeah it is the preeminent and like for example a couple of years ago we had the guys that was going to speak at black hat talk about the chrysler hack you know how you can take
0: over your chrysler car but they premiered it at shaka Khan. oh mm-hmm. nice so that was now really nice. from uh, from your involvement lane and giga island are you guys a sponsor i mean how how is your involvement tied into shaka Khan? Great question. So my involvement is I do the social media
2: aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And anywhere they need me to be, I will be there. <laughs> so oh, we're, you're uh, the face of Shaka Khan. Or the, twi- the Twitter of Shaka Khan. <laughs> the the Facebook of Shaka Khan. Yeah. You guys do an excellent job on social media. So I just try <laughs> to learn from you folks. Well, give us the uh, give us a load on where, when, and how much. Oh, that's a great question. So where it's gonna be is Hawaii Prince. Uh from July tenth to the eleventh is the training. Okay. And from the twelfth to the thirteenth will be the speakers. And how much? It's a reasonable four fifty four fifty dollars. Four hundred fifty. Yeah. Instead of Black Hat. Black Hat's great, but it's twenty seven hundred dollars at Black Hat and that's just wow. for the registration. Wow. So, you know, DEF CON, they don't even feed you meals. Hawaii is about the food. We feed you morning, afternoon, you get a snack over there. <laughs> <laughs> and after the conference done, you got
0: some more food so <laughs> well, for four hundred for
2: less than five hundred dollars. Yep. I think
1: that's a pretty good for a multi-day conference.
0: And so, yeah. where what website? Uh, what the what's the URL that we should we should uh, go to? That's great. It's uh, ShakaCon okay. dot org and ShakaCon with a K and uh, we will put that. Up oh, with an S. With an S, Shaka, yeah. with a K, with a, all those shaka. Yes. Or the singer would be Shaka Khan with <laughs> right. a K. Yeah. I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got it, got it. Okay, and we will put that up on our show notes later on tonight. I want to thank you, Lane, for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. We'll take a short Aloha. break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Aaron McDaniel, and he's with your front desk, and we'll also have Yasin Merzouk from Tripody, and don't go away. This is Bite Marks Cafe.
1: Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Inter-Island Solar Supply, Kaiser Permanente, and Hastings and & Pleadwell, a communication company.
3: Every time I'm in the car, I will put it on HPR. And especially on, on I travel from Hilo to Kona, I will midway switch it to the Kona HBR, just so I can listen to it all the way over.
2: Member supported, Hawaii Public Radio.
0: Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Joining us now are Aaron McDaniel from Your Front Desk and Yasin Merzouk from Tripody. Aaron is the founder and CEO of Your Front Desk, a virtual property management company offering a 24 by 7 concierge desk. Yasin, meanwhile, is uh, the part of the team behind Tripody, a visual vacation planner. And of course, what are the key takeaways having spent the last 12 weeks under this really intense blue startups accelerator environment? I want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe.
3: Thank you. Good to be here.
0: Thank you. Well, you know, before we get into the, you know, all the uh, challenges of being in an accelerator, why don't you give us a little bit more detail than what we just did about your specific
1: company. You've been practicing your pitches. Let's get the yeah. 60-second version.
0: Now, we'll start with your front desk, which is actually going
3: through a little bit of a name change. So
0: give us the details, Aaron.
3: Sure. So we came in the program of Blue Startups as VR Front Desk. Okay. And I, st- I came up with VR Front Desk thinking of vacation okay. rental. Uh, VRBO, a very mm-hmm. popular mm-hmm. vacation rental service. So to me, it totally made sense. But when we started talking to investors and uh, other people in the tech community, everyone thought virtual, virtual reality. reality. Are, are you yeah. a virtual reality property manager? Not quite. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Not yet. Not until Second Not Life yet. really takes off. No, no. So we we came up with your front desk instead because that more accurately describes what we do is providing a front desk-like experience for Airbnb owners. It's a personalized individual service.
0: So basically, you provide all the administrative things that need to be taken care of in order to get that reservation uh, secured for somebody who has a property.
3: Exactly. We're going to do all the pre-booking screening, Mm -hmm. answer all the questions the guest has, approve the booking. Uh, Then once the booking is made, we're going to continue to answer the questions. You know, what's the Wi-Fi code? What's the property address? How do I get there? Where do I park? All these questions that come up time and time again in every kind of reservation, every kind of booking, um, it's quite repetitive. So we can do that for the owner and save them a whole lot of time. And even some of the operational
1: parts, like after a... After you've had a stay, you need to get things cleaned, so working with the cleaner. or Or when you start a stay, I'm I'm going to be doing my first uh, independent
3: Airbnb in New York, and already we're working out where do I meet you to get the key to the property and how
1: that works. You handle
3: that, too. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole lot of things that go into Airbnb that sometimes you don't realize if you haven't done Airbnb. But once you start hosting, you realize, wow, it's actually a lot of work. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. yeah, we can handle the operations. We uh, help schedule the cleaners, arrange maintenance when required. Uh, really anything, if we can do it online or over the phone, we're going to take care of it for the owner. Oh, great. All right, so
1: you see when we talk about uh, Tripody, and I love the name, it's it's light and playful, the logo is colorful, and when I visited the site, I immediately thought, oh, it's like Pinterest plus, I don't know, <laughs> a travel planning site. It. Uh, how would you articulate what Tripody is?
4: That's a great way to think about it, as an idea board for travel. So mm-hmm. it's a visual travel organizer, and... uh When you go on vacation, you want to make the most of it. So you're going to do your research. You're going to check Google. You're going to ask your friends. You're going to check Pinterest boards, Uh, TripAdvisor reviews, Yelp. Uh, But all your recommendations and your ideas will end up uh, in Google Docs or on a spreadsheet or on your Pinterest board uh, or in your Facebook recommendations uh, or even paper. Hmm. Um, so, that's that? where, yeah, right? <laughs> so that's where Tripity comes in. Um, we created a browser extension so you can do your research your own way. And anywhere on the web, you can save any idea you find interesting in one click, and it goes into your account, grabs the business or location info, places it on the map.
0: That's great. Now, so how did you both <clears throat> decide that you wanted to go through this accelerator You know, experience. uh, Is this your first accelerator? accelerator?
3: Oh, yeah, it's the first accelerator for me. Um, Really, I, I wasn't even thinking about it until I went to the East Meets West Conference. Okay. which is held every year you mm-hmm. know, here in Honolulu, I think it was November. So
0: what was it at East West that you saw and said, wow, oh, i gotta, I got to be a part of that?
3: Well, I saw the, the quality of the talent that was able uh, to be attracted and brought into Hawaii, and they were bringing people from all over the world to talk about uh, technology and their startups and really the energy and ideas they brought together with that uh, mm-hmm. really you know, excited me. I'm like, oh, I'd like to tap into the same kind of mentors, the same kind of advice and people. Uh, so that was a really attractive proposition, and got me thinking about joining blue startups myself. What, but what, we should mention oh, that
1: you are a business. You had you have other businesses
3: and activities prior to this, and this was taking another tack at it. What What was your background coming into your front desk? Sure. Yeah. So I've been an Airbnb host myself personally since okay. 2013. So I've had experience hosting Airbnb mm-hmm. myself, and I came up with the idea because um, I was traveling. Trying to manage my Airbnbs remotely, mm-hmm. and um, I got a call at two in the morning. Someone couldn't figure out the lockbox, and that kind of ruined my <laughs> vacation a little bit. <laughs> I dealing imagine. with that, yeah. so I, I started, decided to start a service where um, we would handle that for owners uh, themselves by you know picking up the phone twenty four seven or answering those emails for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Was there yeah. much uh, competition out there? Were there others that were basically doing this sort of uh, uh, you know virtual remote concierge?
3: Sure. There, there are quite a few other different companies, but everyone takes a somewhat different approach right now. Um, so some of the bigger uh, competitors are only handling individual property owners, or maybe you own one or two or three properties. They're not handling property management companies. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the differentiators for our business is that we can plug in directly to a property management company that's already doing vacation rental property management, white label the service, and we pick up the phone with their name. So it's not just individual oh, see, owners. I We're I plugging see. in from the B2B angle, uh-huh. helping companies provide the service to their clients as well. Can I ask, oh, okay. is that putting property
1: management company, Is does that make a property management company your competitor? You're basically taking over what the same person who helps manage a rental property for long-term rentals is perhaps trying to do the same
3: thing sure. for Airbnb, and you come in and say, hey, we do these short-terms better. Well, at first I thought they would be our competitors, but as I've started uh, you know, looking at the market more... and. Um, you know, developing our, our product, we realize that they can be our customers, not just our competitors. So they can work with us uh, to build their business. They focus on getting the clients. We focus on the back end of servicing their business. And really, it's a great partnership.
0: Right. So this, you know, what you are providing is probably part of the service that they would you know, want to outsource and then right. focus on something else like you know, growing their business.
3: Yeah. Honestly, it's the hard part. The administrative work and the details and the constant repetitive questions mm-hmm. and scheduling the cleaners, uh, it's really tiresome. So they're happy to offsource that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially when it's a 24 by 7 operation. And picking up the phone at night, or especially taking sales calls in, in the middle of the night from overseas is very hard to do. Mm-hmm. For even large companies it's hard to do. So Yasim, you and your wife Michelle also are business people. You have a yes. very
1: cool business on Kauai, a uh what are they called? Mystery room? An escape uh, room. Escape room. Escape room. They I didn't hear about the so escape room. Exciting. So yeah. how did you go from having a business that sustains and works and is fun and say, I want to do com- something completely different and go through an accelerator program?
4: Um, Part of the reason we wanted to do the accelerator is we felt like um, we were doing the small business thing on Kauai pretty well, and we knew that the next step was something bigger. Right? What's the next big thing? How do we go from running a small business on Kauai to going global? So we had no clue, and uh, we did our homework. We also went to East Meets West, Hmm. and I also used to uh, run a free programming class. I used to run a dev shop, and one of the things we did was do a programming class, computer programming for the community, and one of the guys that showed up one week uh, was in that world. He went to the Founder Institute in Los Angeles to learn Ah. about how to incorporate a business, and Mm -hmm. he was applying at Blue Startup, and he asked me to be his technical advisor. Mm -hmm. So I went through the the process with him of doing the interviews, and I thought it was very interesting, and uh, it would be a great growth opportunity, definitely outside the comfort zone, which is usually a good sign.
0: Uh-huh. Now, obviously, or maybe not so obvious, did where did that company go? Did they get accepted, or did you kind of move on?
4: He did not get accepted, but he has okay. grown a lot from the experience. So he mm-hmm. was uh, pre uh, product when he applied. Oh, and now okay. I believe he has a few dozen customers, maybe 50 or 60 customers. So where did tripody come from? Trippity, uh Michelle and I, Michelle, the co-founder and CEO, um, we were on a road trip in California. And she has she had done her research. She always does her research. Uh, but we were still spending 30 minutes or 60 minutes every morning kind of going through the research, trying to figure out what's the best route. And uh, there's, there had to be a better way, and everything out there was either not useful enough or too strict. Like they forced you to plan everything in advance. So mm-hmm. we, we wanted a more organic way of just gathering ideas, but then being able to use them on the road in a way that, that's just organic and makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, would you say that your uh, application, tripody does it really help uh, – the, the main purpose is to help save time, or is it more something that people can sort of interact with over the course of their trip?
4: It can save time, but I think the main um, value is that it allows you to maximize your vacation. Um, if you want to plan everything, uh, you can spend a lot of time on it, so you save time on the road. If you just want to gather ideas and make sure that once you're on the road, you don't miss out on anything that you could have done or you just forgot about.
1: Well, you know, my wife loves Pinterest. She has a huge following for her cat board. Um, <laughs> but, so she's we're planning a New York trip, and she's saving all the things she wants to do in New York. Uh-huh. But. That's beautiful. It's visual. But where are these places? Are they near each other? Can we do these four things on Thursday and these five things on Friday? And she's saving it where? It's Just like on a board. Okay. And it, oh. That is the limit of what you can do with Pinterest. So when I saw Tripody, I said, this is great because you can group them. They're on a map. This is your route on Thursday. You you can get on the subway and hit these four things on that day.
0: Okay. So I, I, I also enjoy playing with Tripody and trying to you know build my little – trip to Maui which you know was only a day long but I'm curious how what's your business model I mean well, how do you make money cuz it's a free thing for us as users
4: yeah So one thing that's interesting is we built all these uh, tools to let people travel the way they want, just do their research and go uh, travel on their own terms. And the first thing people do when they have full control of their experience is ask us for suggestions. And uh, 10% of those people, uh, 50% Mm -hmm. of our users ask us for our advice, and uh, a tenth of those ask us to get in touch with a travel agent. So those opportunities to uh, make suggestions and uh, earn money from booking or putting them in touch with a travel professional. Sure, referral uh, or commission. Oh, okay,
0: okay. Yeah. so Tripity is sort of like, a, like your virtual concierge
4: in a way. It could be, and we um, – one thing we realized is that travel professionals also use uh, spreadsheets and Google Docs and paper, <laughs> ah. so we created the software-as-a-service platform for them.
0: You know, we want to find out more about the Accelerator experience and what you have taken away from, you know, the last 12 weeks. So we want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this uh, short break to continue our conversation with Aaron McDaniel. Daniel, And, of course, he's with your front desk and Yassine Merzouk from Tripody. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for
1: Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Locations, Nohea Gallery, and Straub Medical Center. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and I'm Ryan Ozzow, and We're talking to Aaron McDaniel from your front desk and Yasin Merzouk from Tripody about the startup experience.
0: And of course, uh, right before the break, we're talking about their companies and and their you know sort of the great potential that they've uncovered. But what is it that you've really kind of learned as as a result of going through the accelerator experience? I mean, and it is a 12 week intensive.
3: And maybe Aaron, tell us. I mean, what was your m- kind of major takeaways? Sure. There's been so many takeaways and mm-hmm. we uh, they really look at every part of your business. And that's part of the Blue Startups model is really dissecting everything. And you're talking to experts in each one of these areas, you know, marketing and strategy, communications and finance and accounting, even tax strategy, things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of different things to take away. I think what you're going to take away from it is depends on the stage of your business and, and at what point you really need the most help with. And for me, we had early traction. We already came into the program with customers but we were having trouble coming up with a a marketing plan to reach out and and find more customers more effectively. So my biggest takeaway was helping put that together, coming up with a a dual-phase marketing plan so we can attract those small owners as well as uh, find the, the property managers as well, which is more of a B2B marketing campaign. How to put that together, the best way to do that and uh, really um, how to turn that on and make it effective on a large scale is my my mm-hmm. biggest takeaway. Mm-hmm. I'd say. Now, um,
1: I went through the Blue Startups program mm-hmm. with a startup that I'm still involved with. So that's mm-hmm. a disclosure as well as an opportunity to say that there are some really great epiphanies that you walk out of there with your mind tingling. And there are some epiphanies that might hurt a little, you know, hard lessons that that's are true. learned. Are you willing or did you have
3: any that were really like completely changed your uh, understanding of what you were Yeah, like a, a name <laughs> <change. laughs> I mean, honestly, the name change w- was a little a little challenging at first because I was, um, you know, I came up with a name myself. It's how we sure. identified the company. Um, so yeah, that that is a little tough to go through a rebranding exercise. But once you realize the value of that, and you talk to enough people, it's not just one person saying, "Oh, you should change your name." You know, you shop it around and talk to a few different mentors, and you're like, "Oh, I guess this is yeah, this is really a thing. We need to change." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was kind of definitely tough as gotcha. well. And Yasin, I mean, what what kind of uh, you know big lessons did you learn as a result of this twelve
4: weeks? to me it 's uh, the way they think about business um, it 's more than finding one customer or making um, profit it 's do you how do you scale? How do you work smarter, not harder? How do you uh, grow a business uh, in a way that is more than your typical small business the the world that i' come from mm-hmm. so that was the main takeaway it 's the way you think about it right. and um, and the caliber of the mentors and the people that they make available to us was really mind-blowing.
1: I can imagine when you're a small business person, you're looking, how do I get from maybe 50 customers to 100 customers or 50 to 150? But when you're, when you're in a startup and you're talking to investors, they're looking from 50 to 50,000. I mean, they want that kind of exponential opportunity.
4: Yeah. One of the hurdles that uh, we always uh, find ourselves um, having a hard time go over is we have to think about not what are our resources now, or what it could be our resources next month, is if we had investment or unlimited mm-hmm, money, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how would it work? Mm-hmm. How many people would you need, and what would happen?? Right? Always think bigger, always think of scaling or what's the next step, or what's the big opportunity?
0: Mm-hmm. Now, Aaron, you know uh, having had access to all of these great mentors and having them give you all these great ideas, what are you going to do? Now that you've graduated, I mean, do you still have have access? Do you you just rely on your own sort of internal,
3: uh, you know, playbook? I mean, how do you still take advantage of what they've presented? Sure, that's a, that's a good question. They do give you some opportunities to stick around at Blue. Mm-hmm. You know, they have alumni row, they mm-hmm. call it, where the alumni companies can set up there. I heard it's a pretty good deal too, right? It's a very good yeah. deal. Yeah, <laughs> they, they make it attractive. Of course, they're invested in our success as well, so they don't just want to cut us loose, push us out of the nest, and say, "Well, I hope you can fly." Uh, they do provide some support, and the other thing is, all these mentors we meet, it's kind of up to us to make connections with them. Um, you know, they they allow the introductions, but it's our job to you know find the ones that we connected with. Build a relationship with them, and so we can contact them when we graduate. Mm. Um, so there is some blue support, but it's also you know the people we meet during this program. Can we reach back out to them and, and you know contact them later on for mm-hmm. help as well? Down and you've seen what's your next milestone now that you're out of the
4: nest, as as Bert said. Uh, next thing we'll do after the program is sleep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sleep. Um, sleep is for suckers. Yeah, <laughs> no yeah, sleeping we, allowed. Uh, we're at the point where we're going to have our first paying customers. So we're going to. Uh, We're going to listen to their advice, and we're going to turn them into ambassadors, uh, hopefully, and then uh, use their network to grow our customer base What would
1: be an example? We don't need names. What's an example of a paying customer for Trippity?
4: So one of our... advocate someone who's really excited about what we're offering is uh, a travel agent he's on the board of the national association of travel agents mm. um, so he's on the mainland he he has been looking for a tool that's simple visual that allows him to collaborate with maybe a younger clientele than than uh, what he's used to mm-hmm. um, so customers like that uh, are our target market
0: now you have seen, uh you know i love Kauai and uh you know i think it's a great place to, to hang out but the uh, the natural tendency that I've been observing for some of the companies coming out of the accelerators that they are either on Oahu, and even if they are, are let me say, getting successful, they're getting drawn to the mainland, like maybe Silicon Valley. What's going to happen to you? Are you going to go back to Kauai? Are you going to come back, go maybe kind of hang out in, on, in Honolulu? Or are you going to get drawn to the mainland? I mean, what's the, what's the game plan here?
4: We're thinking we're definitely going to live on Kauai, but we're thinking about ways we can divide our time. Mm -hmm. We definitely feel like going to uh, the Bay Area a few times a year is a positive for networking, and we're thinking about – Taking uh, a couple of desks in alumni row at Blue Startups Hmm. to be part of the network and come once a month and spend a week or something like that and do sprints to stay in the community, keep growing our business, and keep leveraging the great network that we have here.
1: Well, we're almost out of time, but very quickly, since Bert asked that great question, one of the things about both of your businesses is that Hawaii is relatively well positioned in terms of vacation rentals or travel planning, correct? So do you see value in Hawaii for your business that way? outside of the network, but to to do business for travel.
4: Definitely. And I do feel like some uh, places in Asia are a few years behind the travel trends that we see in North America. So there's mm. definitely a lot of opportunities if we can expand.
3: Yeah, yeah, same for us. I mean, being here in Hawaii, it's a huge mecca for vacation rentals in general. It's a great place for us to be based and try out our services. When we roll out new services, it, we can test them in this market as well. Mm-hmm. Plus, being so close to Asia, they're catching up. They're growing very, very fast.
0: So in the last a minute or so, tell us uh, about this uh, demo day that's coming up on the 7th.
3: Yeah, so July 7th, next week, next Friday, we'll be giving our, our demo day. Every company gets five minutes to pitch and show our progress through the Blue Startups program, it's mm-hmm. going to be really exciting. And yeah. we've well, we got, we got Guy Mike Kawasaki. Kawasaki. <laughs> He's coming <laughs> as the
1: yeah. keynote speaker as well. So you can look for that on Facebook or online. We'll put the link in our show notes at bitemarkscafe.org. Where can people find your company, Aaron? Sure, yourfrontdesk.io. Oh, dot so it's your
0: – okay, you got the URL? Dot, we dot got
4: dot the dot .io. .io. Dot, okay, uh, well, that works. How about you? Trippity.com, tripidee.com. Trip. Trippity. E? Dot com. Trip- idee.com dot com. We'll, we'll put, put those links as well. On the show notes. <laughs> and there's an app. Tonight. There's an app. There's a companion yes. app. There's a companion app. So uh, your research, you can bring it on the road and you get one-click directions and more.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Very good. Well, Aaron McDaniel is from your front desk. And, of course, Yasin Merzouk is with Trippity. We want to thank you both for joining us today.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. I want to remind you that this Sunday is the geek meet at Magic Island. Yeah. Hope to see you there. You can also <laughs> join us next week when we talk about advances to combat rapid ohia death.
0: And, of course, if you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. Or if you have the HPR mobile app, And, of course, if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. And you can follow me at
1: Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chong, and our executive producer is Beth Ann Kozlovich. And, of course, we'll
0: see you back here next week for another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.